morning. Hey, can we do something different this morning? Uh, instead of reading Acts, I want to talk about uh, something different. Okay, so I'm, I'm loving to read Acts together. But there was something that happened last Sunday that was really, it, it kept coming back to me. You know, and we ran out of Psalms 139. You know, and it talks about, you know, that God knew us before we were even formed. And he knew each day of our lives. You know, so he, he, he knew all the mistakes that we were going to make. <laughs> and he still loved us. You know, and he was always ready to receive us back. And that's what I want to talk about. Because, you know, I want to, I want to keep getting a, a more correct, perfect vision of, of God as a father. You know, and, and that's what Jesus came to do. He, he came to correct our eyesight. Hey, you guys are relating to God in the wrong way. And let me show you the Father. I'm going to show you the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I don't do anything. I don't say anything that I do not see my Father doing. So he came to fix our eyesight and, and remove old concepts about God. You know, because a lot of times we, we, we have this idea that if you step out of the line <laughs> once, you're done, and God is done with you, right? But he's a loving father. And I was thinking about that, you know, like a little child learning to color, you know, and then they, they do the, their best, and they go over the line, right? And then they show you what they did, and you're like, wow, that's great. Look how much progress you're making. Because as a father, you understand the limitations of that child in that stage. And that's what, how God is. He understands our limitations. He understands how weak we are. And it says, Psalm 103, verse 13 and 14 says, Just as a father has compassion on his children... So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he himself knows our frame. He's mindful that we are but dust. So he, he didn't, you know, when Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? Jesus, uh, seven times? Then Jesus said, not seven times, but 70 times seven, which is not, I mean, it's a huge number, like, if you think about that, in one day, 490 times, you're forgiving that same brother. You know, it's a huge number, but that is just to show how willing the Father is willing to forgive you. Because he's not going to ask you to do something that he's not willing to do himself. So it's just a re revealing of his nature. His nature is to receive and to forgive. And we read this last week, uh, how difficult it is for me to fathom your thoughts about me, oh God. How vast is their sum total, Psalms 
139, 17. Another Psalm, Psalm 40, verse 5 says, Many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders which you have done, and your thoughts toward us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare them and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. So this is how Jesus came to correct our understanding about the Father. So if you, you know, like, like Philip said, can you show us the Father? And then Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So you want to know about God, learn about Jesus. Because he's our access. He's the door. He said, I'm the door. No one comes to the Father except through me, right? So we have in, in him coming and becoming a man and going to the cross, he was not doing anything that the Father was not doing. He was actually representing and bringing with him the Father and the Holy Spirit. Another one that we read, uh, no, I didn't read this last week, but I will read now. Jeremiah 32, 41. I will rejoice over them to do them good. I will faithfully plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul. This is the Father in the Old Testament. You know, because sometimes people say, oh, the God of the Old Testament was angry and unforgiving and all about judgment. But then Jesus came to fix that. No, this is the God of the Old Testament, always ready to receive Israel and forgive. I mean, the book of Hosea is a, a classic example of that. Like, as many times as you go out and you step out of the line, I will receive you back. And this one I read last Sunday. The Lord your God, God is in your midst. He's a warrior who can deliver. He takes great delight in you. Take a moment to that, let that sink. He takes great delight in you. Oh. All of us. Even when you're in your limitations, coloring out, out of the light. <laughs> even if you're making a mistake, he's like, hey, look, at least my child is trying. And they are going to keep learning. And they're going to keep maturing. They're going to, one day, according to Ephesians 4, they're going to reach the full maturity and be just like the firstborn, like Christ, right? So he's like, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. And I, I want to, out of Zephaniah 3.17, he takes great delight in you. So I want you, in your moment of intimacy and waiting on the Lord this week, think about that. The Lord is delighted with you. Okay? So I'm going to read Luke 15. And there are three parables, short parables in Luke 15, that I want to just first paint the, the context here. You know, Jesus was... 
in Luke 14, he was teaching in a large crowd. And people were competing to see who was going to sit next to him and who was going to sit. You know, so there is that whole thing. When you are invited, take the sit in the back. Because it's better for you to sit in the back than and somebody asking you to come closer. Then you're sitting closer, and then somebody asking you, can you give this seat to somebody else, right? So, th because that's how we, we think, and, you know, who is going to be closer to Jesus? Who is going to be more important? Who is going to sit in the front? Who is going to, right? So, that whole thing was going on, and uh, read that Luke 14 this week. And then, Luke 15, it starts like this. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Okay? Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Right? So they were like, he should be giving attention to us. Not be sitting and, and with the sinners and drinking with them and, and teaching them. You know, we, we are more important because we are the scribes. We are the, 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 the Pharisees. We are, you know, the religious people here, right? We go to church. So he told them a parable saying, What among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. Right? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Think about that. God the Father rejoices and he's delighted. He so loves the world, John 3.16, that he gave his only begotten son to save, not to judge, to include, not to exclude, to bring closer, to adopt, to bring shalom, to bring healing, to bring wholeness, to bring closeness, intimacy in that relationship, right? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. God not only is rejoicing, but he's inviting everybody to come rejoice with me. You know, don't be a party pooper. Let's have a party. You know, this person was lost. And now they are found. Right? Rejoice with me, for I have found my ship which was lost. I tell you in that the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 1990 righteous persons who need no repentance. Amen? So th this is like Jesus is trying to teach a lesson for the, the Pharisees and the scribes, right? Those that understood the law, understood the scriptures. 
but they did not understand God. They did not understand the heart of love of the Father. And then he continues, Or what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which was lo I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So I think that in heaven, the angels, there's like a constant party. Because every second, there's somebody repenting. Right? So there's always that worship and that thankfulness and that gratitude. And God is saying, rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. Right? And then verse 11, Luke 15, verse 11. Now we all know this parable. And I, I read this and I've been studying this parable for a long time. But each time I read it, something fresh comes. You know, like, like the mercies or the loving kindness of the Lord are refreshed every day, every morning. And he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. Take a pause here right now. Can you imagine being, having a, a father that's really rich and you going up to him saying, Father, I want my inheritance even before you die. Kind of rude. Kind of rude, right? Yeah. Kind of like, like a, like a uh, I don't know, I don't even have the word, it's rude. It's arrogance. Arrogance. And, and, and not only that, you, it's disrespectful. Entitlement, right? So it is like, I don't care about you. I care about my life and my freedom. I am the center. You're not the center. Right? What I want is what I... I, I, I don't want to wait for when I, I receive that. I want to just walk in my freedom right now. Right? And then what it says here, it says, and he divided his wealth between them. He did. He had two sons. He gave half to one, half to the other one. Right? And not many, many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his state with loose living. Now, when he had spent everything a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. He went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly fill, he would have gladly filled his stomach with pods that the swines were eating. And no one was giving anything to him. So this guy, 
not only was rude and disrespectful, entitled to his father, he wasted everything. And he found himself completely lost, rock bottom, right? Eating with the pigs. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I'm dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. Right? So he had all this speech ready. You know, just like we do. I'm going to go again. You know, I made this mistake again. So I'm going to have to come back to God and say, maybe as a slave, he will take me back. You know, but I am not worthy anymore. You know, I really messed up. I think he came to his senses. Like, he realized what he had done. Right? And then said, well, I'm going to go. But, you know, maybe... You know, he can take me as one of your, your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. In a little while, we're going to get up and come to the communion table. You know, and, and, and when you come, think about that. God is rejoicing. Every time you come to him, he's like rejoicing. Every time we return or repent, it's the same thing. Return to him. Turn back from whatever ways, you know, just he's going to rejoice. So he got up and came to his father. And I, I always try to play this in my mind like a play, right? Like a, a movie. You know, and I, I can imagine this lanai outside with a chair, a rocking chair, and the father with some binoculars. Saying, one day, one day, that one son, one day, that one lost person, that one sinner, he's going to come back. You know, maybe, I'm, maybe it is today. So he was like in that anticipation, waiting for that son to come back, right? So... It says here, so he got up and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Are you putting yourself in this play, in this movie playing? Because that's what Jesus was saying, hey, forget about this thing of sinners and this and, 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 and layers and, and who is closer and who is better. You know, this, um, let me talk to you about my father. Let me tell you how I know my father. And I want you to know my father like I do. Right? His father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. 
And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. If I was a director with this scene, I would have the, the father put his hand in the son's mouth and say, don't say anything. Let me decide what's going to happen here. You don't judge yourself. You don't put yourself down. Let me embrace you. Let me kiss you. Let me receive you. Let me show my compassion and my love for you. So the father did not correct him, discipline him, did not say, I told you not to do this. <laughs> right? What did the father do? Just received him back. And, but the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. Let's have a party. You know, let's rejoice. Let's delight together. Right? For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was out in the field working. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. Can you picture, you know, the father dancing with his son, music playing, the smoke of the barbecue, right, and, and, and food and table, and the, the, the son all shaved up, cleaned up, with the ring, the identity as a son, with the authority as a son in that house, in that farm, you know. Uh, now his older son was in the field, and when he came, he approached the house, and he heard music and dancing. And he summoned one, one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. So the guy was a hard worker. Like, you know, I, I, I'm keeping this farm going here. You know, and what is this music and dancing and still work hours? Come on, right? And he said to him, your brother has come. And your father has killed a fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. You know, this is called the, the parable of the prodigal son, right? I think it should be called the parable of the party pooper. <laughs> you know, come on. Why don't you just rejoice with your father and with your brother? You also don't care about your father. You don't care about your brother. You, you only care about yourself, right? And his father came out and began pleading with him. Come on, son. Let's dance. Let's eat. Let's rejoice. Be part of the party. You know, come enjoy what's happening here right now. But he answered and said to his father, Look, 
For so many years, I've been serving you, and I have never neglected a command of yours. And yet, you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. The same sense of entitlement, the same sense of self-righteousness, right? Look at this, you know, these sinners. How come, Jesus, you're sitting and eating with the sinners? You know, they have walked away from you. They have wandered away from you. And how come you're sitting? We are, you know, the Pharisees and the scribes. We have been working hard, obeying the law here. You know, being righteous and religious and all of that, right? And he said to him, son, you have always been with me. And all that's mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live, and was lost and has been found. Yeah. Amen. 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 Lord, I, I, I personally, you know, when I was studying and meditating about this, I want to I wanna throw off my old legalistic... <laughs> view of God, you know, anything that separates and excludes people or myself, that puts myself or other people down. When Christ came to include, when Christ came to, and he said, I did not come for the healthy ones, I came for the sick, right? I came for those that need it. You know, and instead of trying to pretend that I don't need it, you know, like he said here, uh, oh, I'm not going to find it now. Oh, yeah, here. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Some people think that they don't need repentance. We all need repentance. We all need, we all fall, fall short. You know, we all have wandered away. We all have wasted our share of the inheritance of our life and our freedom and spirits, whatever. You know, and we all, all need to return to the Father. So we bless this for us. Yeah. Lord, you know, we, we, we were studying about the Lord's Prayer and the forgiveness, right? And that, that's still like going deep in my heart. How much... Not only I need to forgive, but how much he's willing to forgive us. You know, if we just come back to him and then just receive his love. And that's what we are, Lord, help us to have a clear image of who you are, of your personality and your, your love, your love and your forgiveness. I'm going to read this again. Who is a God like you? Micah 7, 18 to 19 who is a God like you who forgives iniquity and passes over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy and loving kindness. 
He will again have compassion on us. He will subdue and tread underfoot our iniquities. You will cast all of our sins in the depths of the sea. Amen. This is the, the, the Father and God that Jesus came to reveal to us and to show to us and to open this relationship. And anything else that we, we, we try to relate to is like an affront to God. You know, don't come with idols. Don't come with false images of who I am. You have to come really knowing who I am. And that's why I sent my son to die for you and to include you no matter what. You know, I'm going to read this by Brandon Manning one more time. The great turning point in your life comes not when you realize that you love God, but when you realize and fully accept the fact that God loves you unconditionally. Amen? Amen. God bless this for us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but, but dust. You know, so he knows that we are humans. You know, and we are weak. You know, so he... he and, but I, I think it's amazing when you have that opportunity to experience in the flesh this unconditional love. You know, and this, that's the power, right? Because when you, you go like you cannot even forgive yourself and somebody loves you to, that, to the extent that they say, it's fine. Let's try again. Let's start all over again. You know, and, and I'm proud of you. You know, it's like, like you know, you, you know, like a child that likes to cook, right? And they cook, but they burn the cake, or they, they, it doesn't taste good. But you, you still feel proud of them, because they are trying. They're working. They're, they're, they're giving their best to be pleasing to you. But you, you, you don't go like, oh, I, I can do better than that. Or you should do better than that. You know, because it is what they, the, the level that they are at. You know, and as parents, even if we're not very good parents, we, we love our kids even when they, they make mistakes. You know, and, but the father is a good, good father. And so much more, it says, I was looking here, even if a mother would abandon their nursing baby, then God says, I will never abandon you. Even if your natural parents would not, were not good parents for you, I will be a good father to you. I will never abandon you. So, Lord, bless us. Lord, bless our, our fresh. Give us today our daily bread. And I, the daily bread that I want is this fresh, clear picture of who you are. Not with my conditionings, not with the, the mentality of the Pharisees and the scribes. And who is more important and who should be sitting next to Jesus. You know, and, oh, Jesus should not be relating to those people. And God, he came to show the heart of the Father for us. Amen. 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 Well, yeah, a little song for us to bless the communion. And when you come, like I said, 
Imagine yourself like that son. Say, I'm going to walk back to my father. Yeah. You know, and, but instead of coming with all those speeches in your mind of, oh my God, I, I know that he's disappointed with me. Come with that sense, he's delighting in me. He's rejoicing over us because we are trying our best to walk with him. Amen. All the, uh, the nuances of repentance and sorrow, regret, and all the nuances in repentance when it's confronted with unequivocal love that breaks your heart. Yeah. You know, it's what we call a meeting with God. Yes. Yeah. And that's what he uh, is for us. And, uh, God, yeah, we lose our hearts to be able to come before the Father with the sort of repentance that sets the angels in heaven. Yes. Yeah. Romans 8 says, we do not have the spirit of fear again. The fear of rejection, the fear of being separated, being excluded. But we have the spirit of adoption, of being received, of being included. So, Lord, thank you for including us. Thank you for the Son and the provision of the communion. And this uh, unconditional love that you knew even before we repented, even before we loved you, you loved us. Even before we knew about what was right or wrong, you were waiting for us to return and come home. And we thank you for that. Amen. Amen.
So this is what I was trying to quote, but I, I, I want to read Romans 8, 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit our spirit, that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if we indeed we suffer with him so that we may also suffer, uh, that we may also be... <laughs> Hi, Gabriel. <laughs> You're so cute that we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Amen. 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 That was a nice high five. <laughs> yeah.